Blog Talk Radio. September 29th, 2010. Thanks for joining us, and a special shout-out goes to Travelers Insurance in New York for joining us today. Our topic is employee incentives. During the call, we invite you to ask questions via email at calltalk at benchmarkportal.com, or you can chat with us at calltalk.tv, or, of course, call in and ask the host the questions and interact with the show if you like. That number is 347 857 3117. Just make sure you press number one on your phone so I'll know you have a question. And everyone who asks a question today, whether email or phone, on the show will receive a free copy of Bruce's book, Benchmarking at Its Best. And one person will be chosen at random to win an in depth reality benchmarking report valued at $1,500. And now I'd like to introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Thank you very much, Brian, and welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. Today's topic is employee incentives, and to discuss this, I'm delighted to welcome my guest, Dr. Brooks Mitchell. Dr. Mitchell is a professor of management at the University of Wyoming and the founder of two highly successful Wyoming-based software companies. When he founded his first company, Aspen Tree Software, he originated the computerized employment interview and was a pioneer in the Internet job application process. After years of researching human behavior and employee motivation, Dr. Brooks Mitchell founded Snowfly in 1999, understanding that organizations should capitalize on the direct link that exists between behavior modification and consistent positive reinforcement. He now devotes his full-time efforts to Snowfly, his students, and his classes at the University of Wyoming. And he has volunteered to help me with our teenage son. Right, Brooks? Sure, send him up here. Okay. We'll, we'll put him on a next horse. Week. Next week. Great. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, he has been featured on over 75 national publications, including Forbes, Wall Street Journal, Fortune, New York Times, and USA Today. He's a frequent guest on uh, talk shows, including recent appearances on CNBC and the Executive Forum. And uh, he has written a book called Games, Work, and Human Motivation, which is a, a true tour de force. Uh, pardon my French, Brooks. But uh, anyway, uh, a very fascinating guy and a lot of fun. I think you're going to enjoy this. So uh, thank you very much for being with us, Dr. Mitchell. Thank you. Okay, uh, Dr. Mitchell, you said in your book that one-third of all incentive programs actually decrease performance. As I said that, I could kind of feel a shot of pain going through our audience like a, like a root canal. Uh, how do you explain that? Well, uh, isn't that called unintended consequences? Uh, you know, the good news is one-third work, one-third have no effect, and one-third will decrease performance. So how does that happen? Well, you know, maybe you give out uh, the wrong reward. Uh, you know, for any type of human motivation to work, people have to strive to achieve something they want. Let me give you an example of that. Suppose uh, you uh, put an incentive program in and you get this catalog from a vendor of all kinds of prizes that people can win for meeting their goals, and uh, let's say that um, 
there's a $200 prize for anybody who gets meets their goals within six months or something. Mm-hmm. So our man Joe goes in and uh, can't find anything he wants for 200 bucks, but he does see a set of steak knives. Mm-hmm. So he says, well, all right, I guess I'll spend my $200 and send him money on the steak knives. So six months later, six weeks later, the steak knives show up in the mail. Remember, immediate reinforcement, six weeks later, mm-hmm. uh, something he doesn't really want shows up in the mail. But it's his 200 bucks. He gets the steak knives, and then he does what I call RV OLP, readily verifiable online pricing. He sees what he can get them for at Amazon. Well, the $200 steak knives at Amazon are $75. So he's really ticked off now. Wait a minute, this company's ripping me off. I didn't like this uh, gift anyway, and now I've spent 200 bucks, my money. The company's thinking, you're ungrateful. And then he um, uh, gets really irate when he gets his paycheck. Because he got taxed on 200 bucks. Oh, boy. Okay? So yeah. now then, they withhold $60 from taxes from his paycheck, hard money, for a set of knives that he could have bought for $75. He's a, the company just spent $200 to give him a $15 deal. Mm. Now, you know what you got? You have a very irate, ticked-off employee on the job with a set of knives. Mm. This, listeners, is not a healthy situation. <laughs> And it's those types of things that cause people to actually decrease their performance when they get that type of incentive plan. Well, talk about unintended consequences. And actually, that type of incentive is is pretty common out there. And so, uh, yeah, really uh, something that we probably have to ask people well, to reconsider. It's a $30 billion a year industry giving yeah. out overpriced um, you know, prizes and things to people for incentives. And if you if you give out that type of thing, and it's not immediate, I can guarantee you, you're on the road to being in that bottom one third of programs that actually decrease performance. Mm, mm, okay, wow. So so those are the ones that decrease performance. Uh, they're they're obviously ones that increase performance, and uh, that you can actually get a good return on investment from. Uh, should we turn our attention to those and uh, sort of give our listeners an idea of what they should be looking at? No, keep doing that one and losing money. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, losing sure. money, losing personnel. <laughs> well, but, but, you know, there's so many rules. I'm a behavioral scientist by training and definition. Uh, and, you know, there are many rules to be in the top one-third. Immediacy, you know, when if, you, if, if you do something, then give somebody a reward instantly, which you can do these days with the Internet. You couldn't do that before. And then secondly, break it up into little pieces. Reward the homework, okay, not the final grade. In other words, you want to bribe your kids to get an A or something like that, then instead of saying I'll give you $50 if you get an A or whatever, how about say I'll play a Nintendo game with you tonight or some other game uh, if you do your homework tonight. Little, that's what we call behavioral shaping. Little rewarded behaviors, instantly rewarded, and especially with intermittent rewards, will increase behavior. And mm-hmm. then finally, you know what people want? I don't care. Study after study after study after study. It's what, Bruce? Show me the... Complete that sentence. Money. Yeah! <laughs> That's what people want. People want choice in their life. Mm-hmm. They don't want Big Brother saying, well, this is what you want. You want a set of steak knives. Isn't this a beautiful catalog right here? Or look at this nice little digital camera iPod. Well, I already have one. I don't need another one. 
Give them money. And if today, with technology, you see money can be broken down into little pieces, mm-hmm. a dime, a nickel, or whatever. Sometimes it doesn't take that much. Mm-hmm. And then if you break it down into little pieces, then you can use that to reward. And with these new wonderful techniques out by Visa and American Express and things, you can actually give it to them instantly mm-hmm. on the, via these uh, stored value debit cards. You don't have to be running around passing out things. So I, I think we are in a renaissance uh, for uh, Infinity Systems, especially if you design them the way I said, instantly, little pieces, let the Internet do it and so forth. And then there's one final caveat on this, and that is make it intermittently rewarded. Intermittently rewarded is, you know, the reward might be a little money, might be a lot of money. You're not really sure what you're going to get, but you know you're going to get something. That's like Cracker Jacks. So, Bruce... Did you ever buy a box of Cracker Jacks before? Oh, I sure did. Of course. And what's the first thing you do? You eat you eat the Cracker Jacks, then you look at the prize, right? Nope. <laughs> no. No. I what remember do you going do? to the old Yankee Stadium and get looking for the uh, prize first. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, exactly. And why not use incorporate that same type of mechanism into your incentive reward system? And in fact, uh, as my book says, you know, games and human motivation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so the uh, best practices, I mean, uh, very clear in terms of what your research and what your opinion is here. Uh, money instead of merchandise, because that's, that's part of the debate, you know, across the country and across call centers. No, it, it's not a debate, Bruce. It's the truth. It's a debate because it's a $30 billion a year industry <laughs> convincing people that you should be giving merchandise away. Hmm. Mm, okay. So there's no debate there. The people who are giving merchandise away want you to think there's a debate there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> read, read the research, uh, which is I'm a professor. I read that stuff. Uh, and Read any of it mm-hmm. and, and see what you come up with. And that research goes right back to the agents, and they're the ones you're trying to motivate, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, and well, let's say that you do design uh, a best practices system, okay, which has – your uh, continuous rewards, your intermittent rewards, their money-based rewards. Um, what kind of return on investment can a typical company expect for that incentive program? Because, it, you know, you do have to lay out money. It takes effort. You have to design it, all that kind of stuff. Uh, what, what kind of uh, ROI can people expect from well, that? Well, the research, the meta-analysis performed by Dr. Richard Clark at the University of Southern California came out with his monumental study of all other studies about two years ago. Guess what? 22% increase. Mm. And you know what? If you set it up right, you'll see that increase in about a, two or three days. Okay? Wow. It doesn't take long to get it. People get it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got it. If mm-hmm. I do this, then I'm going to get this as an incentive, and especially if I can get it right now. Gee, I could go by Wendy's tonight and get a hamburger, or mm. I could go down to the lunchroom right now and get a you know grande latte or whatever with coconut milk in it. I mean, it, that's what motivates people. And then of course people say, well, why weren't they doing that anyway? Because you weren't rewarding them for doing it. There's a there's a, that 22 percent delta in there in behavioral psychology is the difference between what people will give you and what they can give you. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Brian, did you have a, a question there from uh, a, a, a uh, one of our listeners? 
Yeah, I sure do, guys. Uh, and actually, one of the questions that we just passed on there, uh, I want to thank David for that. That was the research on ROI for incentive programs. David, thank oh, okay. you so much. Okay, so actually that, that came from our audience as well. That was in my head, but uh, David asked that oh. as well. Okay. Oh, perfect. Okay, we're reading each other's minds already. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, David, there's, there's your question. Thank you. And then uh, I do have another one. This is from Daphne, and uh, she asked, what items can you reward with that are not considered taxable compensation? Mm, great question. Well, there's work, work privileges work very well. That might be a parking place. It might be a work shift assignment. It might be getting points and buy, uh, spending those points uh, for the boss's football tickets to the Dallas Cowboys that he can't use that day. Uh, it could be, um, you know, points for, uh, you know, for charity. Give to, some people give them to charity. Uh, it could be go towards your insurance premiums uh, or whatever like that. And so that's a, and there's a lot of things that people have if they get really creative on the job that people want that don't have a monetary value to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, I, I can tell you that one for sure, and that depends on a lot of call centers, is uh, parking space. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you get this parking place out here, you can, as soon as you earn a 1,000 points or whatever, you can trade those in for that parking place for a week or for a day or, or whatever mm-hmm. like that. So non-tangibles are a great way uh, to do things. You can give people time off, time off with pay uh, mm-hmm. or whatever. That's a good or the ability to leave early. One of our, uh, uh, our users of our uh, game-based system uh, allows people 15 minutes a day to make cell phone calls. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, a you know, I, I'm surprised at what a, People, they spend all their points on that. So you just get creative. Okay, and, and actually now, so that's an, a whole new area, different area. We've been talking about the fact that money are, is better than merchandise. Mm-hmm. But then these non-tangibles are important as well because they affect the quality of life of somebody. In other words, sure. their ability to uh, do what they want when they want it and uh, you know, do it sort of with the blessing of the call center. So isn't that kind of interesting that there's the uh, tangible reward in the form of money and the psychic reward in, in, in with regard to these non-tangibles? And do you see a lot of call centers putting both of these together? Yeah. Uh, are they generally apart? Uh, tell us a little bit about how you knit well, together uh, the best practices. A lot of call centers will, will mix them up, mm-hmm. and they'll do several things. For example, so what we have now is we have chocolate and we have peanut butter. And if you put chocolate and peanut butter together, what do you have? <laughs> a Reese's peanut butter cup. Yep, yep. Best darn thing a man can put in his mouth, I think. I mean, that's delicious. <laughs> and uh, so, sure, uh, mix them up and you can stretch the value of your, uh, of your incentive program like mm-hmm. that. And, and, you know, we've done, people have done things like, uh, you know, the boss wins uh, uh, a a golf driver from a drawing at the Wednesday's Men's Day, which is where I'm heading this afternoon, so as I hang up the phone to go play golf. Well, I might want a golf driver. Mm-hmm. I've got, I don't need a driver. Well, I could take it to the office and put it into my incentive program and say, okay, you've all got points. Whoever bids the highest number of points can have this golf driver. Mm-hmm. You decide what you want for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could be, you could drive the boss's car or the company car. I mean, you get, you get creative here. And you can come up with in, in, in just immense value of things to people who only get it if they want. And, of course, those deals, they don't even have to pay taxes. Right. 
Right. Actually, you know, there's one other thing that has come up uh, with regard to a, a previous uh, call talk on workforce management and the fact that uh, some people have programs, and we encourage this actually, where if you do have uh, some afternoons where the volume really tails off, uh, you can have people sign up ahead of time for uh, time off, unpaid time in the afternoon so that they can do other things that they want to do in their lives. And uh, you could actually, if you have high demand for that sort of thing, you could prioritize people by the points that they have according to things. So that's that's another possibility to actually tie it in with your workforce management and your uh, optimization plans. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And the way yeah. you would do that is you would say they would earn points and uh, or do it on an intermittent basis via the game tokens mm-hmm. concept where they could play a quick game online in about five seconds, and they can win their points, accumulate them into a file, mm-hmm. okay, then you can have an auction. And we're mm-hmm. going to let five people take off at 2 o'clock on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then um, whoever bids the most, the five people who bid the most points can have that. And you right. can bid and snipe just like you do on uh, eBay. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, let's just uh, shift gears for a second because I'm interested in your thoughts on something else, and that has to do with team incentive programs. And ah. I read in your book, yeah, yeah. Ah, but... team. Everybody says you've got to have a team approach. Yeah. Well, guess what, guys? That can bite you. That can be dangerous. And if that's a very dangerous weapon, if it's not used properly, it will put you in that bottom one-third of programs. Now, why would that be? We've all been taught that teams are great. Okay. Teams, and what happens is, if, it's a, if the incentive program is not properly structured, teams will encourage a concept we call social local. Okay? People on the team will loaf because other people will pick up a slack. Mm-hmm. What that does, that causes immense resentment on the top of the individual, on the part of individual, individual performance. Well, why should I work so hard over here? Because I'm getting the same that you're getting. Mm-hmm. And that causes problems. Like as a college professor, I've learned years ago that, you know, you give everybody an A, guess what? Your real A people are going to get very, very angry. Mm-hmm. I work hard and I get the same as he gets. So the way to use teams, is, there is a place for teams, is you use teams in conjunction with individual performance. Chocolate, peanut butter, Reese's cup. Then you can do it. So, but the individual, the individual performer must never, never, never be subordinated or stifled by a team effort. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because American culture obviously is very individualist, uh, but we also uh, put a premium on good teamwork. And I can see where if you have the incentive and the uh, sort of base level reward at the individual level. And then perhaps, uh, what do you think about this? In other words, at your monthly uh, meeting of your call center where you're recognizing people, you then recognize the team that's done best on an individual uh, as a result of the cumulative scores of their individual uh, actors. What do you think about that? Well, that's, that, that's one way of uh, accomplishing it. And then teamwork is okay. But as long as the individual can still shine and be rewarded for their effort. Because mm-hmm. they want the recognition. Of now you just kind of touched on another 
issue, and that's this concept of, uh, you know, I mean, things that will screw you up. Employee of the month. Ask your people what they really think about that. The weekly drawing. You know what the weekly drawing is? That's used by lazy call center managers. They said, okay, I'll put everybody's name in a hat. Ask people what they said. I never win that thing. It's a joke. You don't even want what it is anyway. Um, you know, in that's individual performance. If I do this, I will get rewarded. Let me use golf as an analogy since I told you I'm going to go play here as soon as I hang out. Is that I will play as part of a team today. I'll be one of a four-man team. Well, I want to help my team win. Okay? But what do I want? I want my individual score to be on top of that list because I played hard. I've been practicing out here. So I wanted to say Brooks Mitchell second place, net 68 or whatever like that, team score net 65. All right? That's fine. I don't mind the team score. I'm glad we won, but I want my recognition for being the one who contributed to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, you know, what you bring up really is the fact that uh, this process, the process of properly incentivizing and rewarding your employees in the call center is just like any other process in the call center and that it deserves attention, it deserves some research, it deserves, uh, uh, you know, reading your book and reading uh, other things. And it's in order to put together something that is going to be uh, consistent with your culture but also is going to really motivate your people. Um, let, let me just ask you, where there are situations that the culture seems to go against the re- the ideal reward system. And that may be because the culture comes from above <laughs> and the rewards are going to below. Uh, how, do you, how do you as a manager sort of uh, try to intermediate that and, and move the organization toward the best, uh, the best uh, well, motivation situation? Yeah, well, well number one, uh, I want to point out something. Do you have any idea what good academic research says what percentage of pay you have to use to motivate somebody? Tell us. Tell us. Two to three percent. Uh huh. Okay. You can get remember, two to three percent. You can get a twenty-two percent average increase in your performance. Mm. Um, back to the culture of rewards. I mean, I don't know any person, any human being that is adverse to being rewarded for performance. Um, especially, by the way, these young gamers that are coming into the uh, workforce. Those guys are getting used to being reinforced 60 times a second. Almost, you know? So it turns out if you, uh, the reinforcement work for pain, there's a lot of research on that by Dr. John Beck uh, in uh, Arizona on how gamers actually make better uh, performers if they get rewarded instantly. So we find especially when we're using game rewards uh, as a reward. But everybody responds to a well-structured reward system. And if you're having a hard time getting a manager to understand that, here's what I would say to a manager. Two to three percent for 22 percent. And secondly, for all these call centers that can measure, uh, you know, how many coffee breaks you take, how many seconds you're in a bathroom, average call time, all these incredible metrics they have with this wonderful software these days, they have all of that, ask them this question. Mm-hmm. You know, you're spending uh, X number of $100,000 a year on reward programs, you know, employee of the month drawings. What are you getting for that? Mm-hmm. And they don't have a clue. They can't answer that question. No. So no that's why good. wouldn't you set up a system 
where you can do incentives and rewards and measure what you're getting back. Right, right. Okay, no, good uh, good thoughts there. Brian, I see we have another question. Yeah, we sure do, and I want to thank everyone for uh, writing in. Uh, so far, it's been a big response, so thanks, everyone, and keep them coming. Uh, this one is from Luann M. Lamonte, and uh, says, I am seeing that non-monetary rewards are taking over any money-related incentives. What are the best non-monetary incentives you've seen? Well, number one, I would say, why don't you ask your employees or watch what they do? Okay. One of the great ways to find out what motivates people is to simply observe them. If you see a lot of people in the hall using cell phones, then maybe you have cell phone time. Okay. Or maybe you have uh, other privileges uh, such as you know work assignments, or you can handle incoming calls versus outgoing calls, or whatever. It varies from group to group. But my biggest advice uh, to Luann there. It's just simply observe people or just go ask them, what would you like? What can we do here? And then make it on a point-rewarded basis uh, so that they can begin to accumulate and earn points. And like I said, uh, folks, back, you know, we've known about this as behavioral scientists for 60 years. The problem is there was just never a good way to administer it. It was too complicated. Well, the Internet now can, do, can handle everything for you very, very efficiently. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, great answer there. And, Brian, you have another one as well? I do. And uh, this one goes uh, with what you guys were talking a little bit about uh, as far as being counterproductive potentially. Uh, Stanley writes in, do you find that if you continue to give incentives to employees that they will expect incentives as new job responsibilities are given? Mm. Okay. Are we spoiling the kids here? So that's well, the, remember, <laughs> go back to the 2 to 3%. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, if the program is set up uh, fine, I mean, it's just uh, 2 to 3% of base pay is all you need. And people mm-hmm. don't get tired of a good program. You know, do, let me ask you this. Do people get tired of playing slot machines? The answer is no. No. I've done a lot of work in Vegas. 85% of the revenue in Las Vegas is generated by a random game, of, like a slot machine type game. Mm-hmm. So if, it's, if people don't get tired of it and they respond to it, uh, you know, and if, if they expect it, well, they expect to get paid, and they expect to get a raise, which is a type of incentive program. So uh, we've just never experienced a problem with that. Interesting. Yeah, well, that, wonder, that was only interesting. The last question was a good answer, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, in fact, I was in Las Vegas last week and uh, sort of checking into the uh, – hotel looking at this beautiful scene in the back of the desk of uh, Tuscany and then right. turned around and it was more like uh, you know Sodom and Gomorrah with all of the machines and everything else but you're right I think that uh, the um, uh, the thrill that comes with the immediate you know, you know the rush of uh, gambling or, or gaming just gaming it doesn't have to be gambling it, it has to be with the enjoyment of, uh, of doing that you go to Vegas, look at the penny slot machines. They can't be doing it for the money. Right. Okay? Right. Secondly, uh, we did an ex- uh, I did an experiment with my students a few years ago. I gave some guys a bags, a bags of nickels, and uh, they went to a hotel in downtown Denver with a little video camera, and they dropped a nickel on the lobby floor. It was about 240 people passed it for every person to stop pick up a nickel. It had no value. Then they took a the nickel to a hotel in Blackhawk, Colorado, where they're gambling. Okay? 
mm-hmm. and the ratio dropped to about 40 to 1 in the lobby of a hotel there. And then they took it and dropped it right next to the nickel slot machines. Guess what happened? Almost 2 to 1. We think the people who didn't pick it up didn't see it. Almost everybody picked that nickel up. Right. 2 to 1 to 240 to 1. Which yeah. meant what? A nickel in front of a nickel slot machine has a significantly higher value than a nickel in a hotel lobby uh, where there is no gambling. So, and, and every single person who picked that nickel up did what? They put it in the slot machine. No, oh, they put it in their pocket and walked away. <laughs> of course they put it in the slot machine. <laughs> yeah. Why did I do the same thing on the job? Yeah, yeah. And in terms of the amount of time on the job that you're you're doing, they they have to devote to this. It's it's quite limited. You were saying ten ten minutes a week, because you know you don't get to play a game unless you met your performance standard. Right, right. Okay, so for example, you know uh, you uh, you know using a call center. Let's use collection. Uh, we've got a lot of collection systems who use uh, the Snowfly and Cine system. Well, you know they'll say uh, if you get a promise to pay. You know, that's worth 50 game tokens mm-hmm. right now. Or if someone actually pays, that's worth 75 tokens right now. Mm-hmm. And the software just gives them game tokens. They go play the quick game, get that thrill, and then they don't get to play anymore. You don't get to play unless you perform. It takes 10 minutes a week. And we also found out that uh, 42% of all people who win game tokens for doing performance will go home and give the tokens to their kids. They're getting their children involved in work. So mm-hmm. they'll say, all right, Junior, if you, I'll give you 10 game tokens here, and we'll save the tokens, uh, and you can get enough points, and we'll get you a skateboard or whatever, uh, but you've got to get the tokens. You've got to clean your room or do your homework or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, what, what I see uh, going across the country and, and, and going into a lot of call centers is that call center managers are trying very hard to make the environment fun, make it interesting, and uh, sometimes they just miss the ball in terms of the individual uh, rewards that can result in a collective sense of well-being uh, that doesn't have to mean getting everybody off the phones and spinning the wheel uh, type of thing. And and, and guess what? Who do you think has a better job attitude, people who perform or people who don't perform? Yeah. People who perform. So if you believe, you know, behavioral psychology, which is what I believe, is the best way to get job satisfaction and morale up is to mm-hmm. get people to perform. Mm-hmm. That's where it starts. So instead of going out and holding a big rah-rah speech, everybody feel good about your jobs and so forth, and now go work harder, how about getting them working harder doing their jobs? Guess what? Then they're going to mm-hmm. feel better. Yeah. It works no, the other way around to what most people think. Very good advice. Very good advice. Okay, Brian, I think we have time maybe for one more, and then we'll we'll have to leave it there, even though there's a lot of good, I'm sure, a lot more to be said. Brian? Okay. Yeah, this one comes from uh, Roberto, and it says, uh, what is the best method for delivering news of the award, and uh, i.e. public versus private recognition? And quickly, just because it came in, I'm going to slide Kevin in. Can you give a real way to track ROI of game incentives? There you go, guys. Okay. Well, the best way to attract attention if somebody wins the jackpot or something, just have it show up on the computer screen. People are very curious. Congratulations, Roberto. You just won a 5,000-point jackpot. Uh, you know, your your face comes up on the screen. A lot of people do that. Now, I didn't understand the second question. What was that? 
It was, can you give a real way to track ROI of game incentives? Oh, of course. I mean, one of our clients, uh, Hyatt Hotel Reservations, uh, if a person upgrades a hotel room from, you know, one level to another level, they get an instant game token reward. You know how much the token's average yield on value. You can very clearly track that. And you just say that upgrade was worth $50 a night to us on a three-night stay. That's 150 bucks. Let's give the employee 2%. $3. 30 game tokens are going to average a dime each. There's your ROI. It's real simple. As long as you can track it very carefully, which the computer can do, you can measure ROI. Mm-hmm. 22%. Okay. Love it. Love it. Uh, great stuff. Wonderful insights, uh, Dr. Mitchell. And uh, now I, I'm afraid we're going to have to leave it there. And uh, over to Brian. All right. Well, uh want to thank you, uh, Bruce and Dr. Brooks Mitchell, once again. Uh, it was a really good show. There's still more questions coming in I wish we had time to get to. But uh, I want to remind everyone to uh, join us October 13th for our next call talk, and that is on outbound calls, challenges, and solutions for both blended and dedicated centers with author and industry expert Alex Demajak. Uh, so uh, if you were one of the folks that we used your question today, make sure you email us at calltalk at benchmarkforum.com can send you Bruce's book, Benchmarking at its best. Don't forget to sign up for our free reality check, Benchmark Report, to see how your call center compares to others in the industry. Our in-depth reality check, Benchmark Report, takes a much deeper dive into call center metrics and is free today for the winner. Congratulations, Daphne. Make sure you email me, Daphne, so I can get you set up for that. I'm Brian Carrington. This is another edition of Call Talk. Everyone go out there and have a great day. Okay, good. Uh, let's see, Brooks, are you still on? And are we off the air? <laughs> um, I think we're on the air. Brooks looks like he he uh, cut out. Okay. So let me. I'll call you back. Um, are okay. you at home? I'm at home. So either okay. uh, on my cell or on uh, the uh, 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 the internet. Okay. Okay. Bye bye. All right.